3: Learn more at slash papertarian.
4: We begin our number two of the Lombardi Line presented by Bet MGM, Dave Ross along Southwest Reynolds. We are here at South Point Casino in Las Vegas. And you look up at the clock, it's the beauty of Las Vegas. It's only 10 a.m. here. Mm-hmm. But we're getting ready for baseball. We got a starting time of one ten in the east. That would be the Red Sox and the Tigers in Detroit today. Rich Hill going to go up against Tyler Alexander of the Tigers. This one opened up with Boston about $1.40. It's bet, bet down to the Tigers here. Uh, now Boston just $1.22. And you see that total of nine. What do you make of this matchup here? Because, again, think of this. If you want to play the over, you got to get 10 to cash that ticket.
2: Right. And one thing I was checking the lineup, uh, by the way, which is out. Trevor Story going to miss again Mm. for the Red Sox. He was out yesterday due to illness. Boston, slow start here. They lost two or three against the Yankees. Did win that Sunday night to avoid the sweep. But, you know, one and three start. Uh, having Trevor story out, obviously not good. Uh, he is usually very good against left-handed pitcher battle of the lefties, by the way, today with, uh, rich Hill and Tyler Alexander, you know, rich Hill doing what he still does at 42 years old, doesn't get a lot of hard contact against him. Uh, uh, likes to throw that curveball. That's his money pitch. And he throws it about 44% of the time. Detroit did do well against curveballs from uh, left-handed pitchers uh, last season. So you've got the guys in the lineup has, and Victor Reyes, Akil Badu, Miguel Cabrera, Jaime Condoleiro, very good against that pitch. Now you have Javi Baez Mm. added to the lineup. So you've got, I think, some positive matchups on the Detroit side against Rich Hill. So that means Boston may have to go into the bullpen. You would think it would be. Garrett Whitlock, I think, would be who they'd want to go to because Detroit is a team that hits lefties better than they do righties. Like we say, you know, look at the batting splits, and then as we get more into the rotation, we'll have more data in terms of, like, ERA versus XFIP, you know, positive, negative regression, depending on those numbers for certain starting pitchers. So Rich Hill might have to go into the fifth here. I don't expect he's going to go much deeper than that. So I do kind of like uh, Alexander and the Tigers a little bit early Detroit still has some bullpen issues. Gregory Soto, you know, is is fairly solid, but that bullpen still isn't short short up. And Boston, this is a lineup that even though they've gotten off to a slow start, I do think can hit. Right now, uh, you know, Dahlbeck, Hernandez, and Devers kind of been the better guys in the lineup. You don't have Trevor Storey in there. Alexander really doesn't walk a lot of batters either. I think like six percent last year. Right. So you know, at least Boston will have some balls over the plate that they have a chance to tag. But I would lean Detroit here in the spot. It's kind of dropped a little bit from the opener. I think 120 was as high as mm-hmm. the opener I saw. But 110, maybe look to the fifth inning as well in case these guys can tag Rich Hill. You know, the Detroit's uh, potent lefty hitting lineup. And uh, go ahead and take that. I think you can get 105 out there in the market. It's even money at BetMGM for the first five. But... I would lean Tigers here in this spot. You know, it's
4: interesting, too, because, you know, I have a rule. I call it the 55-degree rule in golf. If it's under 55, I won't play. And People are like, oh, come on, get out there. with what, <laughs> what if it's 54? You won't know. You have to have rules. 62 degrees right now is going to get up as high as 65, and we mentioned that because we just talked about it in the last hour. It's not going to be cold today in Detroit. So you see that over at uh, 9, and you go, Well, wow, everything's trending under. You just mentioned these, these pitchers are hittable. Ball's going to be over the plate. Detroit does mash against lefties primarily. This could be a spot if you want to dip your toe in the overwater. That might be the most of these
2: totals, as we talked about with that trend earlier, and it's Mm -hmm. probably going to continue being at least bet that way. Most of these unders are getting bet. I think it's a minus a dollar twenty juice to the under at nine at BetMGM. I'm seeing some minus one twenty five out there, even some minus one thirty. So it's already moved enough for me. I understand why the money's going to the under, but that's a pass for me.
4: All right. So again, that's right now at nine. You see the trend so far uh, towards the under. Let's get to some other games that we're going to see in Major League Baseball today. And I want to do, uh, go back to the National League uh, here. We have our first already. If you can put interleague guardians against the reds. And right now this one opened with Cleveland uh, laying a dollar 31 in the over under set at eight and a half, by the way, do you like having interleague this early? Does it even matter? Not, anymore? not
2: particularly. My but goodness. it might not even matter. I think you know. It's, does it, it right? It's, uh, a- the more we get, like we're always so resistant to change, especially in a sport like baseball, which is like you know the pure game and you know the unwritten rules and right. you know a lot of people didn't like this interleague play. I've embraced it, but it does seem early. Like we're not even a week uh, into the season and we're already getting this.
4: That's what I can't believe that we're already here. Uh, with interleague and you see here right now basically call what you want a dollar three here for the Reds a dollar seven for the Guardians hey Cleveland started to get the bats out against uh, Kansas City on Sunday w- what do you make of, of what this team might be long term because I don't think a lot is expected really of either team in their division
2: no there isn't and uh, you know I'm a little bit surprised that the Reds aren't maybe at least a little bit of a tick, more of a favorite in this game because the Reds do have Tyler Molly on the mound. Mm-hmm. And I think Tyler Molly very good opening day start down there in Atlanta, struck out seven and just five innings, only allowed three hits. So Molly, you know, did have career numbers uh, the previous season. And that's what you always worry about. It's like, can they follow that up? Right. Or maybe just some guys get better. And I think one of the reasons why Molly's getting better is because that fastball velocity is up a little bit. The strikeout rate on the fastball pitch jumped 8%. Over the last couple of years, uh, because of the velo being up, so you're looking on that side with the Indians because Shane Bieber is obviously the more proven commodity mm-hmm. on the mound. You look at what he did in his first start, and I don't, you don't want to be a prisoner of the moment and say, okay, <laughs> it was one kind of shaky start. Four and two thirds innings against the Royals, and the xpep was uh, four fifteen. You do have a Cleveland bullpen. That's not one of the better ones necessarily in major league baseball. No reds are a team, obviously long-term I'm selling. I think that they could play very well the first month or two. And of course that that's my team. Reds still got some pop in that lineup. You still got Joey Votto who, yeah, he's not doing it at day to day. Like he used to Uh, the reigning NFL rookie of the year, Jonathan India. So, you know, these guys, they can knock balls out of the park. And even, even in the cold temperatures, that's an easy park to hit home runs out of at the GABP in Cincinnati, the great, great American, American small Ballpark. park. Yeah. The great American small park. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, yeah, uh small lean maybe to the reds here. I'm surprised that they aren't at least maybe a little bit more of a favorite reds did split the series with the Braves to start. So both these teams currently two and two going in Bieber, I think is getting the money. Cause it's like, okay, water's going to find its level. He bounces back here, but small lean to Cincinnati for me
4: m's on the road taking on the white Sox in chicago today i can tell you this it's still going to be cold in chicago uh we got matt brash going up against uh vince velasquez here for the white Sox. uh right now white Sox opened a dollar 21 down just a little bit to dollar 20 here bet mgm you see that total has come down from nine and a half to nine maybe because of some of what we're talking about here with the weather it's not going to be nice or at least warm in Chicago. Uh, what do you make of the start so far for both these clubs, and what do you make of today's match? Well, uh,
2: there was some expectation, obviously, for the Mariners based on uh, some of the deal from the aforementioned Reds, getting uh, Suarez and getting Jesse Winker. Uh, just two and two. Uh, Vinny V now in Chicago, yeah. uh, formerly a Philadelphia, Philly. Uh, market kind of going against the White Sox here a little bit. Maybe Vince Velasquez getting used to that new park there in Chicago, but I don't have enough data necessarily on brash for the Mariners to necessarily make a judgment. So this is going to be a pass, but I do look at the market and a little bit of money on the Mariners, probably not much total is now down to nine. But when you see that sometimes too, when you're looking at the screen, by the way, for newer baseball betters, when you, I talked about those key numbers being nine and seven and whatnot. When you see a total drop, a little bit I think this was nine and a half in the overnight mm-hmm. at minus 122 that was kind of like the uh, global opener or a opener at a notable offshore mm-hmm. where kind of most of the market follows because they're the original line now you see it go down to nine and then you see the juice to the over 120 at bedmGM some 115 in the market so that's something that I think if you're new or better you want to monitor in terms of seeing like when you want to jump in you know you either want to jump in early on, on an opener, especially this time of season with unders, right. and then if you like overs, get in late. I want
4: to uh, sit corrected here. I said it's going to be cold in Chicago. It's beautiful. 63 degrees today. Mm. That's the nicest it's going to get, but let me tell you, from somebody who just moved to Las Vegas from Chicago after eight years, don't worry. This weekend, 41 degrees will be mm-hmm. the high on Sunday, mm-hmm. 41 on Monday, 42 on Tuesday, but right now... Get those warm temps, Chicago, while you can. Right. So, maybe an, an enjoyable afternoon. Uh, maybe a little bit more run scored because of it. But I think you're right. It's probably a layoff scenario where you come down from 9.5 uh, down to 9 in that total. And you can understand why. Very quickly, uh, let's stay in Chicago. But this time, the Cubs on the road against Pittsburgh. Today we know not as a lot expected of the Pirates. They did have a nice outing uh, against St. Louis this weekend when they beat up uh, Stephen Matz and the Cardinals. Uh, Drew Smiley is going to go for the Cubs against Zach Thompson of the Pirates here. And right now, Pirates plus money. What do you make?
2: Yeah, and uh, look, uh, you were speaking of Chicago. You used to live there. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of friends there from college and whatnot. And. Now there's some optimism here for the Cubs. It's like we took two for uh, three from the Brewers. We're going to be a contender in right. the NL Central. She uh, swept them. Yeah, arguably. A- absolutely. And uh, it looks like they at least have some kind of young piece to build around with Suzuki. Say a Suzuki. Mm-hmm. Uh, nice debut there in Chicago. Uh, but. I think maybe hold the phone a little bit. You got the junk baller Drew Smiley going against the former Cub Jose Quintana. Mm-hmm. Look, Pittsburgh. We know they're they're not going to be very good. They're yep. still very much in a. The Jolly Roger is not going to be raised very much in a Buckle Land this year. Uh, uh small into the over here though because I do believe you got two lefties that can get hit here okay. Cubs didn't hit too bad actually against a very good Milwaukee team with Corbin Burns Brandon Woodruff and Freddie Peralta uh, Cubs I think a 338 weighted bond base average in that first series in those three games at Wrigley so they showed good discipline smiley you look at the XERA 509 uh, of late so this maybe could be an over, even though we're seeing a lot of unders and a lot of cold temperatures, uh, that's where I would lean here in this spot.
4: 69 degrees in Pittsburgh. Yeah. And I know you guys think I'm like Al Roker over here. Yeah. It matters in baseball. Yes. you got to check these temperatures right now. certainly early in the year. We'll talk more Major League Baseball, and you come back with us right here in the Lombardi Line on the Sports Betting Network. Get everything you need to bet on baseball this season with 24-7 streaming, daily best bet emails, including advice, data, and strategy for only $19. Our all-digital MLB guide is at VEASAN.com. It's available now, and Adam Burke has futures, team previews, best bets for all 30 teams, plus Jason Y. has got MLB future bets, trends, and much more. So sign up today, get full access to VEASAN through the NFL draft for only $19 at VEASAN.com spring. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN. And Wes, I don't know. Have you ever been to the Trop in Tampa Bay?
2: Uh, I have once many, many years ago. What would you think of it? Did not think much of it, but it's still standing.
4: It is the worst ballpark in Major League Baseball. The Coliseum still might be the worst. But the trap is pretty damn bad. I will say this. The best part about going to a Tampa Bay game when I did go with my buddies, we had our own beer vendor. There were mm-hmm. not a lot of people there. And the beer vendor actually sat down and had a beer with us. The A's are in town today to take on those Rays. Uh, Tommy, Tommy Rivera is going to go against uh, Adam Oller here. What do you make of Tampa Bay? Because, again, over $2, dollars you got to lay in this spot. We know who the Rays are now. Right. And I think it's not just a gimmick anymore to tried and true system that they have. Are you buying the Rays today and long-term
2: uh, long-term? Yes. Maybe not today at $2, by the way, the raise uh, did get the sweep over the Orioles. And that's what you kind of see like mm-hmm. early in the season when you beat up on a bad team. And then the next time you come out, maybe you got a little bit of confidence uh, early and often for the A's yesterday, by the way, two oh. home runs. Uh against uh, Luis Patino, 13-2 to final score for Oakland, who a lot of us uh, feel are going to be pretty bad this season. Yes. Uh, they had basically a clearance sale out there. So, yeah, looking at this number, uh, it is slightly dropping, though, for the A's because – Early in the season when teams don't have a lot of rhythm, you don't usually see these big favorites maybe just go pound these other teams uh, uh, that often because they're trying to figure it out a little bit. So you're seeing the money, I think, come in at least a little bit on the A's. It won't be any of mine. Uh, Eight and a half. The current total looks about right to me. Probably an opening scenario for Tampa Bay with Romero on right. the mound. Not sure how long Aller is going to go either. So uh, this is going to be a stay away for me.
4: When you look at the run line, you see the raise there. You got to lay that uh, dollar five here if you want to go in the run line and lay the run in the half. I know a lot of people might think that's the way to go. I don't want to lay the two ten. so let me go ahead and do the run line here and, and just play the dollar five. Is, there, is that a cautionary tale that you'd like to give out there? I'm
2: usually not a guy that likes to be a run line better with favorites. I actually like to go sometimes the other way with underdogs, especially when the total is getting bet to the under. Mm-hmm. That's where I think it has a little bit more value. A lot of people don't like to do that because they don't want to lay juice, but Oftentimes, you know, I'll take the plus one and a half, minus a dollar twenty-five or a dollar thirty. Or what I'll do is I'll split half and half. Where if I like an underdog, I'll take the money line, mm-hmm. but I'll do like a half unit on the run line at plus one and a half, and and see if I can get both. But. Yeah, I'm usually, I'm not a big run line backer. If I like favorites more often than not on a full baseball card, I can probably find two that I could pair together. So I'm sure the Rays will be in a decent amount of parlays this evening. And the
4: problem for me there is if you're playing the whole game and not doing the first five and you're laying that run in a half, and you're playing the home team, mm-hmm. you're only getting eight A-Bs. Right. So you're shortening right there your odds, of uh, potentially cashing that. So just a little bit of words of advice. Let's get to uh, Baltimore. Uh, they're going to host the Brew Crew today. Uh, we uh, TBD going for the O's today against Eric Lauer of the Brew Crew. Boy, Milwaukee just not swinging the bats here so far to start off the season. Uh, just that one win in comeback fashion against Chicago. What do you make of the Brew Crew today and, and the Orioles right now? Plus $1. forty-five. Nice win yesterday. Get the shutout 2 nothing over Milwaukee. I think people are going, hey, Milwaukee's going to be the Brewers at the end of the year. But right now, they're scuffling.
2: This is going to be a point of discussion, by the way, in the next segment when Josh Towers mm-hmm. joins us. Uh, Orioles, one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball last year. They probably should be again this year because <laughs> they're still undergoing a rebuild there in Baltimore. It seems like they're always doing that, at least in recent years. but. Sometimes you get these bad teams that will win these games when you've got a team that's looking at them. It's like, oh, we can just go through and beat these guys. And that's why I bet the Orioles yesterday. They were just off a sweep. Yeah. So, you know, the sense of urgency is like, okay, we got to get one on the board because they got swept down at the drop this weekend in Tampa. So. They got one on the board yesterday. Milwaukee kind of struggling out of the gate, not really hitting very much. I mentioned earlier about the Cubs that they got to Burns a little bit, and they Mm -hmm. got to Woodruff a little bit because those guys are off career years. Peralta as well. So, a little bit of a slow start. Now, I still like the Brewers long term in the NL Central, but it's not a surprise necessarily that they get off to a slow start because we see that every year. Somebody is expected to win a division, you know, and then all of a sudden they're, you know, 9 and 15 after the first <laughs> right. month, and it's like, okay, write them off. And then you always got that team that everybody thinks is going to be bad that they start out 15 and 9 or 16 and 8, and then you get to June, and then they lose 15 of 18, and it's like, okay, this is who we thought they were.
4: Yeah, I'm with you there. I, I think it's not panic time, certainly in Milwaukee, but a slow start, you do want to get those bats going. I think they will eventually. Uh, but again, right now, the Orioles are a plus 45. if you want to back the O's at home today. You got the Blue Jays and you got the Yankees today uh, in the city that never sleeps. And you got Kikuchi uh, going up against Cortez for the Yankees. You know, you think Blue Jays, Yankees, runs. 3-0 shutout mm-hmm. last night. Now, just checking checking the weather. 72 degrees in New York. Much warmer. A cold night last night. Do the offenses get back on track today uh, for the Yanks and Blue Jays, or do you think pitching dominates once again?
2: Well, it depends on which Kikuchi we're going to see. Obviously, he was an uh, acquisition for Toronto. They off, they signed Barrios rather right. and Kevin Gaussman. Barrios didn't make it out of the first inning in his Toronto debut. Gaussman did throw five innings, of three-run ball. So, now you have Kikuchi. If you look back at that 2020 COVID shortened season, his, his XERA, his XFIP basically was like two runs lower in his ERA. Mm. So that showed you he was better pitcher than his numbers indicated. I think the X batting average was like 228 against him. And then he started very well in the first half of last season. Remember, he was an all-star. It was a 348 ERA, 16 starts. Batters were hitting just 205 against him. And then the second half, he started getting shelled. <laughs> 598 ERA allowing a 300 batting average. So it was really a tale of two halves. So... We're going to see what Kikuchi is going to be. Is he going to be the first half pitcher that he was last year? Because in his limited spring training, I think he had three appearances, gave up six runs and eight and a third and Ooh. gave up four home runs. Uh, that's not a good idea, obviously, against a Yankee <laughs> team that got shut out last night, but we know has power up and down the lineup. Right. So uh, uh, Nestor Cortez became kind of a fan favorite last year, 22 appearances, 14 starts, a uh, 290 ERA, you know, He's really a control placement guy. Doesn't have overpowering stuff where he's going to get guys to really chase and strike out. But uh, I think he's addressed that and he's gotten better really with the control. He might regress slightly a little bit. He's not overpowering. Fastball is about 90, 91-ish. So he relies on that four-seamer. It's really his best pitch and his out pitch. So – Yankees, I've mentioned we were talking about this before the show. Really good against left-handed yeah. pitching. They were two fifty-five as the team against lefties, only two thirty against righties. So Josh Donaldson now batting leadoff could add a boost, uh, bringer of rain. Is that is that still a Twitter bringer? <laughs>
4: I of think rain? it is. is. Yeah, He's been so, bringing a lot of strikeouts. Yeah, though.
2: yeah. So he needs to put a bat on the ball and uh, be a be a hitter in that ballpark. So. You got to think that they could get to Kikuchi, uh, you know, left-hander against the Yankees. I think they find a little bit of success. So, probably the way I would be looking is maybe first five okay. with with these guys. Uh, I'm looking at the price right now to see it. Bet MGM, I believe, minus 125. So, Toronto getting a little bit of support because this is kind of like Toronto. We expect that they're going to be the favorites in the AL right. this year. So, now it's like the Yankees, like – are we, we're the New York Yankees and like, there's no buzz about us. So, uh, you know, wanting to get after Toronto, Toronto got them last night, three to nothing, but uh small lean to the pinstripers tonight.
4: Yeah. I, I just get the feeling after the, the opening season series with Texas, where it was all home runs and mashing and offense Toronto went, Hey, we can do pitching and defense too. did it last night, three, nothing. Uh, so let's see if they can keep that going. But you're right. It feels like. Yankees against a lefty might be a get-right spot there for the New Yorkers. Jesus Lazardo is going to go up against Patrick Sandoval. That is the uh, Marlins against the Angels. The Angels, rough start, but it's Houston that they had, and then they get the Mm -hmm. nice win last night uh, against the Marlins here. Uh, What do you make of the Angels? Because this is a team that really intrigued me. We talked about them uh, before the season began. Just with the power that they have in the middle of the lineup, they're going to have to score runs and hope that the pitching holds up.
2: I want to buy in on this Angels team, know, but they right? just all—they just always let you down. Uh, maybe it's uh, <laughs> hanging out with JVT, Angels fan too much here around yeah. the yeah. network because he's always like, "Don't buy in, don't do it, don't buy in." They always get that big free agent. It was Rendon two years ago. It's uh, Noah Syndergaard this time around. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sandoval, though, for the Angels—if you're looking at them long term he's going to have to be the key for them. I think uh, really going forward, he's going to be the ha- guy that has to really step up and be that you after know, solid number two, Otani, yeah, yeah. That solid number two, number three guy two slash three. He's going to have to be good because the back end of this rotation is still a little shaky mm-hmm. right now for the angels. Uh, Lizardo, uh, Really want yet another good Miami pitcher. They've got a ton of pitchers. They don't have a ton of hitters. So I guess it's like, okay, let's get good on one side of the ball. (laughs) Uh, uh, Mike Trout still listed as questionable, might be out for an interest. Uh, Slow start, 13 ABs, 231 on the season. This looks price right to me.
4: Yeah. Trout's going to be just fine. Don't worry about that, everybody. Uh, When we come back and have Josh Towers join us, of course, the former pitcher of the Baltimore Orioles does great work with us here at VEASAN as well. Come on back. It is the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN, the sports betting network. continue the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. It is always a pleasure to have a major league pitcher join the program. Of course, does great work for us here right here at VEASAN. Former Baltimore Orioles pitcher Josh Towers joins the program. Follow him on Twitter as I do at NoDon'tJosh. I think it's a great Twitter handle. Because, you know, sometimes, Josh, I tweet things and I go, why did I tweet that? Is that why why your Twitter handle is the way it is? Like, hey, I got to think before I tweet.
5: It, yeah. I mean, again, it's 100% why it is. I remember watching all these athletes tweet stuff and get in a lot of trouble. And I'd sit here and be like, why do you guys continue to do this? So when, uh, when VEASAN made me, VEASAN baseball all the guys at VEASAN basically made me get a Twitter handle. And so I made that up and I took a lot of heat for it, man. I was trying to do some other stuff. And they're like, you got to change your Twitter handle. You need to put your name. And I was like, No, I'm good. I'll keep it. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's fantastic.
4: Uh, Wes and I have been talking a lot today, Josh, about pitching in cold weather and why the uh, trends have been to the under here uh, so far in Major League Baseball in the first week. uh, Weather's going to be a little bit better today as I've been looking across the country here. What is it like, the difference for you guys, pitching when it's extremely cold early in the year versus in June when the temps are warmer? Do you guys prefer, obviously, as pitchers to pitch when it's cold?
5: Hey, did you see that bet where the dude put a $50 parlay on every under in baseball and it hit for a couple hundred thousand? Unbelievable. Um, It's amazing, right? Yeah, listen, it doesn't, like, contrary to what people believe, it doesn't benefit one or the other. It's really the nature of the beast. I preferred it to be 115 out with 100% humidity. Like, I think my record in April was, like, 2 and 13 or something. I hated (laughs) cold weather more than anything. But hitters hate it as well. Like, you don't like getting jammed. You don't want to hit the ball at the end of the bat. It doesn't go anywhere. It it hurts. And so um, it doesn't have an effect like collectively around the league like people would think. Um, it really is just based on the players and, and themselves and how they feel about cold weather. And again, most of us I think I saw something like 120 people on the Major League roster went to high school in California. Sorry, around Major League baseball went to high school in California this year on opening day, right? So we we have good weather in California year round. Then you think about all the Latin guys in in Dominican and Puerto Rico and all these countries. It's always warm, right? So we're we're warm weather by nature. So it definitely <laughs> increases the offense, but it helps helps those pitchers as well. With all of that said, the fact of the matter is is three weeks of spring training is not enough all of these pitchers are basically on their fourth start they're only going to go to where their pitch count allows it so they know that they're not really trying to stretch into the sixth or seventh like Sean Maniah did uh, it's going to be a perfect storm. And so they're not really getting pushed past the point of where they're supposed to be, which is a beautiful thing. Um, and then the offenses, it just takes too long to get ready and three weeks is not enough. I mean, no one played nine innings in spring training, and now you're asking guys to play nine innings six days a week. It doesn't work that way for us. So you're not going to see offenses come around for another month and a half, in my opinion.
2: Josh, uh, you had a tweet out yesterday at your Twitter handle, at NoDon'tJosh, and you were talking about the Baltimore Orioles. You got swept in Tampa Bay Super. over the weekend, and then they have the opener against the Milwaukee Brewers, and your tweet said, when a team plays the Orioles, look for them to struggle the next series. No disrespect, but on the betting market here, the Orioles poorly coached, and teams will go on autopilot playing them without knowing, and the next series will be a struggle because no other team is really seemingly at the bottom level Woo! like the Orioles are, but <laughs> what yet, happened? yet we saw the more. <laughs> (laughs) brewers yesterday go ahead and lose so i want to transition that to the brewers who are off to a slow start granted it's early it's only four games but cubs took two or three from them in wrigley and then they lose to the orioles so too early you think to have concerns about the brewers or is there something there with all these pitchers coming off career years
5: uh you should have went to my other tweet when it comes to the brewers so again that tweet Luckily, turned out to be very uh, correct as far as only one game's concerned. But look what Oakland did to to Tampa Bay. They kicked the crap out of Tampa Bay, and no one thinks Oakland's anything. Tampa Bay goes on autopilot playing the Orioles, and now Oakland comes to town, and is, as bad as Oakland's going to be, they're still a better coach team and a better structured team than Baltimore. And then look what happened. Oakland beats Tampa, which was a beautiful play. I don't know if you guys had it, but we were getting like plus 170, plus 180 around. I know I enjoyed it. Um I actually, it's crazy to say this. I actually, I bet the Orioles, the last game of the Tampa series, just thinking that they might do something and then, you know, it didn't work out. I took them again, uh, coincidentally versus Milwaukee yesterday. Milwaukee looked awful versus the Cubs. They gave up a lot of runs. None of the pitchers really looked that prepared. Um, And Going back to their season total was like 91. I think they won 95 last year. It was like 91 or something to start this year. These guys would all have to be absolutely perfect again, and it's not that easy. What Corbin Burns did last year to start the season, going 50 plus innings and not walking somebody, um, it's not something you think about until somebody brings it up a few starts in. And now all that they're talking about is how he did that. And so of course he walks the first guy of the season. It's not. <laughs> listen, he's very. He's going to be very successful, just like Brandon is. Um, just like Freddie is, but it it, it takes a perfect storm for all those guys to do it again. And it's early in the season. And so the offense, as we know with Milwaukee is just not there. And those are games that they're going to have to win. Like they did last year, two nothing games, Um, And if the offense isn't going to be there, the pitching has to be perfect. And so again, for Milwaukee, it actually was a good day yesterday outside of the fact that they didn't score. That's their bread and butter of what's going to have to happen. It's just very, very difficult to do. And I don't see Milwaukee being as successful. Um, With that said, Brandon Woodruff might've got some of the worst run support in all of baseball last year. And it looks like it's already continuing.
4: Is getting the Jacob DeGrom effect already in Milwaukee. The Roy Halladay effect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Josh, let's stay in your old division there in the AL East for a second here because we talked about the Blue Jays getting that shutout win uh, last night at Yankee Stadium, 3-zip over the pinstripers. Uh, they're getting a dollar six here uh, today in that second game of the series. I know everybody's big on Toronto, and, and I guess rightfully so. Can they play more pitching and defense like we saw last night, or is it going to be that they got a mash here and they're just going to have to outscore everybody 8-6 the rest of the way?
5: Uh, this is the best team in baseball. I think, um, I think they made that, that jump. I think the pitching is beautiful. You say he's going to be the kind of like the key for them. You know, we'll see how he looks today. This is a great test for him at Yankee stadium, but I think he's been down the road. He's gone through all the hurdles that he needed to go through with the transition from Japan to here, the contract, the getting let go, the, all the different things that, that you have to go through. I think you say did. And then, uh, he's on a team where he doesn't have to be the main guy. So today's gonna be a pretty a pretty good test for him. I just think that the Blue Jays win that division. I think that that division's so stacked that why can't the winner of that division maybe be the best team in baseball? They won 91 last year and didn't make the postseason, which they would in this year's format. Um this team's offense is it's hard. Like I don't it's easy to look at it and go, They're really good, but they are like they are so relaxed. I'm trying to explain this to some of other day, like things that happen in the stands, like things that like you go to the game and the teams put on little things. And they're talking to the crowd or whatever. Like the Blue Jays players are engaged in that. They're having fun with the crowd while they're playing baseball, and they're on a level of being relaxed and just enjoying the game that I don't see around baseball. And it's going to make them very dangerous. And then, of course, you look at their lineup, and it's stacked like a couple other teams. And so the offense is gonna is, is not going to be an issue, but they will not win based on their offense. Their pitching and their defense is going to be why they're successful, and that's the reason why they're going to be so damn dangerous this year.
2: Josh, I wanted to ask you something here as a former player, and it's something that we saw on Sunday night. And a lot of bettors that I know that bet baseball that I would consider sharper and smarter than the average bear – more often okay. than not like to fade guys on our teams that come off Sunday night baseball and then play the okay. next day. Now you as a player, you know, having played on Sunday night baseball, did you find that there was something to that when you're in that big game and you're the primetime game and you may get a big win. And then the next night you guys just don't have it. And we saw that with the Yankees and Red Sox last night.
5: Uh, yeah. So Sunday night baseball I actually had the Red Sox. It's funny. And then I had Detroit yesterday. I have Detroit today as well. Um, it no, like, you know, what's crazy is, is you don't think about, it. you don't even care. Like, it's just all we do is we're, we're, we're trying to figure out how we can win today. Um, and then, when the day's over, we look at what time's the game tomorrow. Cool. What time we got to be here. And then we go home. Like, we don't think about, oh, it's a night game or, oh, it's a televised game or, oh, it's an ESPN game or, oh, it's, we don't think about any of that. It's like, oh, we got a five o'clock game tomorrow. Cool. Then it's travel day. All right. Pack your stuff. Get it ready. How long are we going for? Like, you're just preparing like that. You, you think nothing about, oh, we have an ESPN Sunday night game at Yankee Stadium. And then we have to fly to Detroit and play a day game the next day. Like, you don't. None of that matters to us. The only thing we're thinking about is how to structure our time so that we can get our bodies back in the right position to be successful for the following game. So there's a, you would be surprised how many days we show up to the field and you're like, oh shoot, I didn't even realize we're on ES fans tonight. That's weird. Like you don't even know. It's like it doesn't, it doesn't matter to us at all.
4: Josh, very quickly, got about 30 seconds. Uh, the big yeah. thing now is we're micing up players, which is really cool when you're watching the broadcast. If they might could they
5: have mic'd you up when you were pitching? Yeah, that would have been super cool. You would have seen me like talking through plays, like uh, what um, the the Tampa Bay Rays. What's the guy who pitched for them last night? You would have heard me talking as I'm making that play. It would have been awesome. <laughs> I think it would have been very entertaining. Hey, Josh, looks, yeah. we appreciate the time, as always, my
4: friend. Uh, enjoy the rest of uh, the first full week of Major League Baseball.
5: Let's do it. I'll talk to you all
4: soon. There Thank he is, Josh Towers, everybody. Follow him on Twitter at NoDon'tJosh.
2: So the NoDon'tJosh was like, no, don't throw the slider here. All right, don't hang it. <laughs> do
4: not hang it. When we come back, we're talk about some uh, NFL news and notes, including... A report on your new quarterback in Indianapolis. Stick around. Coming back on the Rombardi Line on League Sports Betting. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like free bets and risk free tokens. Planning a trip to Vegas, come on out. You can convert your BetMGM points into MGM rewards points that you can use towards dining and shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resort properties located on the Las Vegas trip and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards is sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, incredible experiences, and valuable perks when you wager in the BetMGM app. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Dave Ross alongside Wes Reynolds. This is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN. And Wes, I do want to get to some NFL news and notes here. I don't know if this is good news or bad news. Mm-hmm. The Colts, your Indianapolis Colts, 25 to 1 right now to win the Super Bowl, 14 to 1 to win the AFC title. They are plus $1.25 if you think they can finish first in the AFC South. Now that is all predicated on the fact that they have a quote unquote upgrade at the quarterback position. Carson Wentz gone. He's in DC. Matty Ice, Matt Ryan, the former MVP of the league. He is in Indy now the athletics Mike Sando reports that an NFL executive said, quote, age has caught up to Ryan. Quote, I had him with a big decline last year. Mattis had a phenomenal career, a great quarterback, but it wasn't like he was super big athletic or had a super strong arm. I see the skills declining a little bit and a little bit quicker for him. As a result, I think they could be looking at another quarterback in a year and if they don't win, look out for Ursay, a rumpf. What do you make of those comments? Because it's hard to judge in the ATL mm-hmm. what's happened in the last couple of years. I think those are pretty much across the board points that we knew. He didn't have the the arm like a Matthew right. Stafford right, right? coming out. He's kind of more of a cerebral guy. Gets everybody in the right spots. Phillip Rivers was a declining physical quarterback in Indianapolis, mm-hmm. but yet – was still a proficient enough quarterback to get them in the playoffs and arguably a game they should have won against the Buffalo Bills. Can that be Matt Ryan this year in Indianapolis?
2: It could be. And and look, I think there's maybe a, at least a scintilla of truth to what this anonymous NFL executive is saying because – When you look at the numbers, there are some declines a little bit. The completion rate was up by a couple percent. But Mm -hmm. first time he had ever been under 4,000 yards since the 2010 season. Now, I don't think that's all on Matt Ryan. I think it's that offensive line as well, uh, which is still very young and developing. Atlanta's tried to address it in the draft. A lot of those guys, McGarry and Lindstrom, Mm -hmm. have been hurt and have not been out there every single time. So you look at the numbers, 20 interceptions, 12 or 20 touchdowns, 12 interceptions. So some of the numbers have gone down, but the guy's been sacked over 40 times in each of the last four seasons. So that'll, that'll put a hurting on you as well. But <laughs> yeah. I don't see maybe as much of the precipitous decline that we saw with like Ben Roethlisberger over the last couple of years, where half the time he looked like a corpse out there right. for Pittsburgh. I haven't seen that yet necessarily with Matt Ryan, but I do think Matt Ryan's going to have to be a different type of quarterback in Indianapolis, and they are going to rely a lot on the running game, and Indianapolis are, arguably has the best running back in all of football no right doubt. now, Jonathan Taylor, and it's like, you got to work with that elite running back when he's young, because we know the show, shelf life at that position is very low, but looking at the Colts right now, and that one of the concerns about the, this team is... They haven't really done a lot with the receiving core necessarily. If you look at their depth chart, they have not re-signed T.Y. Hilton as of yet. I'm not sure if they are going to do that. Not that T.Y. is the number one receiver really anymore. But if you look, Michael Pittman Jr., the second-round pick out of USC a couple years ago, is their best guy. But is he a number one receiver? Feels like a two. Is he, you know, a uh, a, uh, uh, Jefferson from Minnesota or something like that? No, he's not on that level. But you've got Pittman, you've got Ashton Doolin, Paris Campbell, who they really had high hopes for out of Ohio mm-hmm. State a few years ago. Third round pick, but he can't seem to stay healthy. But there's not a lot of talent with this receiving core. This is a very solid offensive line that is still looking for a left tackle because, yep. uh, Eric, they're not going to resign Eric nope. Fisher. You are still good in the middle with Quentin Nelson and Ryan Kelly and Braden Smith Uh but this is a team that still needs to do a little bit more. And I think that's why a lot of people are kind of questioning Chris Ballard. Like, it's like, dude, who are we going to bring in for free agency? Now, now the cap space has declined a little bit with that, with the Wentz deal. And then the acquisition of Matt Ryan, but This is still a team that I think has some work to do if they could get another weapon or two, maybe upgrade that tight end because Jack Doyle did retire. Mm. So Mo Ali Cox out of VCU is the incumbent tight end and Mo is a good number two tight end and he's a pretty good blocker, pretty good guy that can post up in the end zone and (laughs) short yardage and goal line (laughs) offense. But I feel like you need something better. Maybe they'll address that in the draft and get some kind of young tight end, but I don't know how much I buy into this. Uh, I, I, I can kind of see a little bit of truth to it, but I don't think that it's just like, oh man, the guy just can't play anymore. You know, he, he should retire. Cause like you mentioned with Phillip Rivers, he was declining still was very good. Oh, you yes. know, really took care of the football, worked with what he had to come in. And there was familiarity there too, because he had worked with uh, Reich and Sirianni mm-hmm. when He was the offensive coordinator. They worked together out in San Diego for the chargers. But I do think that they need to add a little bit more. That being said, they reached the point of no return in Indianapolis with Carson Wentz where it's like, man, yeah, if it you gonna can't work. go down and lead us to win that game against Jacksonville. Oh, and boy. even Ursay was very candid about it in that, in that athletic interview with Zach Kiefer. He was like, look, this is the worst team in the league. We can't lose this. All we got to do is win to get in the playoffs. And, and they were never in the game. No. So. You know, they reached the point of no return with Carson Wentz, and they had to do something. I felt Matt Ryan, you know, I was kind of like, yeah, okay. You know, it's I wasn't great. like I wasn't like, rip-roaring enthusiastic about it because, obviously, you want that big, sexier name and more of it in his prime, like a Russell Wilson or somebody like that, but that was not going to happen.
4: No, I'm right there with you. Sometimes a square peg and a round hole, it did not look like it was going to fit with Carson Wentz. You move on. I I do believe at first blush it is an upgrade at least. But, again, they are the co-favorites right now with Tennessee. Mm -hmm. And we know Mike Vrabel, and you and I were championing the cause, I thought, all year. I thought Mike Vrabel deservedly was coach of the year uh, in Tennessee when you did most of that work without Derrick Henry. Their star wide receiver is A.J. Brown. Now, this is very interesting because their GM, John Robinson, and this came on the heels of Mike Vrabel talking about this. Sometimes where there's smoke, there's fire. These guys keep insisting we're not trading A.J. Brown. I don't know that you, that you would. He's not even 25 years old yet. But look at the numbers last year. Ugh. That doesn't, like, doesn't look like superstar numbers. That doesn't look like a guy who's going to be in the final year of his rookie contract that you're going to give them massive extension to. Is this a product of the wide receiver playing quarterback? Or is this A.J. Brown just had a down year?
2: Maybe a little bit of both. It was a new offensive coordinator, by the way, there, because Arthur Smith, of course, went on to Atlanta. So you look, and, you know, a new offensive coordinator, he was the old guy that the Raiders had in the mid-2010s. And -hmm. the offense, you know, the first year, I think it was when Del Rio was still the coach here. And the offense the first year was okay, but then it dropped off. I think it was just the product of having that new OC that was Todd Downing was the offensive coordinator, and maybe that's why the numbers were down a little bit. Plus, uh, you were in trying to incorporate Julio Jones yeah. in the offense. By the way, Julio Jones, now a cap casualty, so he's not back. So they Oof. bring in Robert Woods. I think, which may help A.J. O- Brown. Off the injury. Yes. But he, he yes. Get so, him back to we'll see healthy. if he's the same. Right. But at least maybe he's the threat. I thought Nick Brasbrook was a nice, like, third or fourth option, the former Indiana Hoosier, by the way. So, that's two. Yeah, that's two. So, another nickel in the <laughs> jar. But, yeah. I, 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 I mean, you look at Tennessee, and that's why I think the Colts are right there. Because – I don't think either team is really that far ahead of each other. I think this is a total coin flip division because Jacksonville, you would think that they're going to improve just by the nature of having Doug Peterson now mm-hmm. as the coach instead of urban Meyer and just adding more talent that they're going to improve, but they're not ready to compete with these two teams with Indy Indian Tennessee. Neither is Houston. No. with Lovey Smith taking over. They need help. It's like, when you look at the draft needs, we got the draft coming up later this month. It's like, what are their needs? Houston needs everything. And and Jacksonville needs about everything except quarterbacks. So it's a two-team race here, and there's just such a thin margin between Tennessee and Indianapolis. That's why I'm kind of, you know, dismissing a little bit of this criticism of Matt Ryan, knowing that there's a scintilla of truth to it. But I think you got to keep in mind. Look, you're going to have to win this division because this AFC is absolutely loaded. So, I don't see two teams getting out of the AFC South. So, it's going to be the division winner or nothing between these two. Like,
4: much of my wardrobe, what is old is new again, right? Mm-hmm. And, and right now, Indianapolis and Tennessee, run the ball, play defense, Play action pass, don't turn it over. Exactly. That's kind of the antithesis of what a lot of the teams in the league do these days. They spread it all around. They throw it all around a lot. That's not what Tennessee does. Maybe that's also why A.J. Brown's numbers were a little bit down a year ago. I'll be very curious to see the the way that this plays out because he feels like a guy that we put in the top five, top ten of wide receivers in the league. But those numbers do not indicate that that would be a top ten receiver from a year ago.
2: Yeah, and and that's why they're not, there's not the urgency necessarily to re-sign him. So it's like, okay, dude, go out and produce, Absolutely. and you'll get your money.
4: I want to thank uh, Josh Towers and of course Will Hill for joining us. And uh, Wes always enjoy the conversation. Good to as be with you. Always. So again, don't go anywhere. We've got you covered all afternoon and evening long. Right here on Visa, the sports betting network.